Welcome to another episode of Off the Dome Radio, episode 44. The Obama episode. No. The Obama episode. <laughs> President 44. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah, so today we get into a lot of cool current events, uh, some, some good book talk. Uh, so so the, fir- the first current event was... Uh, Thanks, Obama. The largest airplane was launched last Saturday by a company called Strato Launch. So we're going to talk about uh, the specifics of that airplane, uh, what it does, some, some cool some cool things. And that, that video we're going to put on our... Uh, on our social media as well. Super so wild. Really cool. This this plane. You guys have to look up a picture of this thing too. Just the side of it alone is more than impressive. So mm-hmm. yeah, that that was pretty crazy. Um, and then we're we're back on our, our robot talk. I know we talked about it on Tuesday and FedEx has the same day bot. So we're gonna talk about what they're doing with AI there and how they're trying to change the game with uh, delivery options. Uh, Tim, you had a few more current events. Uh, you you were kind of hot this week. What else well, you have? I was I was on a uh, current events deep dive. <laughs> so Google is building the fastest internet cable to cross the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, we're going to talk as to why what makes this cable different compared to the others. Why it's going to be the fastest. Uh, what this can mean for Google. Uh, just some cool some cool facts about the way internet data is is, is traveled across the world. We didn't even know that this and how we're how connected. It, yeah, we didn't know this how it was. So. Kind of a cool thing to explore and, and explain like what Google's doing with this. So pretty cool. Uh, we also talk about Venmo and PayPal. So PayPal killed it last year. And I don't know if people know or not, but Venmo is a part of PayPal. PayPal acquired them rec- uh, within the last couple years. I'm not sure when, but a big part of their success is because of this, this app that a lot of the people in our generation have been using. Uh, so we kind of talk about how successful they've been because of Venmo. Yeah, uh, their their numbers when when you told me, and I didn't know they had acquired Venmo either, but PayPal's numbers are through the roof. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like their growth and their numbers are crazy impressive. Uh, we also talked about the danger of crunches. Should you even be doing them, and how should you do them if you choose to? Uh, so want to move well, move often, and move safely. Uh, then we get into our uh, our famous book talk. Tim, uh-huh. Tim, you had a couple here, so Tim bringing up another Tim. And, yeah, enlightened. So I read a, a book called Tribal Mentors, and I talk about how this famous female poker player from the UK, how she she has really good decision making processes, as any poker player should. Um, and she gave a quick tip in this book as to how to make better decisions when you're kind of on the fence about something. So we're going to talk about that. So another book talk that we have is the psychology of persuasion by Robert Cialdini. He talks about the commitment and consistency principle. And we're gonna talk about how you can apply this principle to your goal setting, how you can apply it to the next presentation you give in your class, uh, to the next time you're giving a sales presentation, anytime you're trying to convince someone of your viewpoint, how you can use this principle to get them on your side. So I'm excited to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we talked a little bit about uh, when God writes your love story today and how we shouldn't look for people to necessarily complete us. Uh, People shouldn't complete one another. Uh, And we talk about kind of what goes behind the scenes of that. And uh, we had a little bit relationship talk, but waiting for the right person to come to you. Let it come, don't chase it, don't try to just check it off the box, like, okay, I'm not alone anymore. Just do your thing, be good with yourself. And, And so we get into that too. Um, jam-packed episode today as always ton of fun always love getting behind the mics love bringing value uh, to the fundamental areas of your everyday lives Uh, thank you for tuning in allowing us to continue to do what we love and again hope we're providing some good value and and a little bit of entertainment here too I I like to think we're kind of funny but uh, uh, hope you guys enjoy the episode thank you again for listening And here is uh, the Obama episode, coined by Tim. This was a pretty good week for current events, also a good weekend for sporting events. We'll talk about that next week. Um, But what I read, so Saturday morning, the world's largest airplane was launched. It took flight. Okay, how big is it? It is a 500,000 pound plane with a 385 foot wingspan 
And it's, I guess this, it's kind of big. Yeah. This rocket it was built by a company called Strato Launch. Strato Launch. Yeah, founded by uh, Paul Allen, rest in peace. So he co-founded mm. this company. He also co-founded Microsoft. He owned the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, wow. Um, so pretty special. I say dude's a killer. And this was kind of his idea from the very beginning. So it was kind of, it was meaningful that it was the biggest airplane, but it was also meaningful because he kind of, the person who started this company, started this idea for this plane. Yeah. Um, so at the Mojave Air and Spaceport in Mojave, California, which is pretty, it's a hot spot for like testing things like this. Okay. Like, you know, they, they test cars there. Uh, planes, um, and this inaugural flight lasted for 150 minutes. After which the plane safely landed. So successful. Uh, and the the purpose of the plane, the aircraft, is it's designed to launch rockets into the orbit from air. So it's like a it's a plane that la- launches other space bound things. Oh, uh, literally straddle launch to stratosphere. Yeah. So it, it can reach an altitude of 35,000 feet, Whoa. which I thought was cool. Whoa. Um, yeah. And there, do you there's know a what fi- normal planes average height wise? Around there. Is yeah. it around there? Yeah. I, 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 I mean, it's. I kind of forget. I don't know if it's like 18,000 or whatever it is. I don't know. Yeah. Even though it's it's one of the bigger planes, I mean, it still, it still goes about the same altitude as other planes. Hmm. Um, but I thought I thought it was a pretty cool thing. And I, I definitely want to post it. They posted a video on Twitter about it too. So I kind of want to post that. Yeah, dude, well. that's pretty sweet. Um, but yeah, pretty pretty big plane. But but main main mission is to send other things to space. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like satellites and things, or yeah, uh, different yeah different types Just of yeah equipment and tools of whatever Various kind. Equipment, yeah. Huh. Other, Interesting. Other yeah. I always think that's still pretty crazy to me that we're able to yes fly, mm-hmm. but then fly things that send other things out of it to fly. Yeah. Like a plane is just pooping rockets to space. And what do you have to do to be there to watch that flight? Like, is that a private thing? I, it didn't say if it was private it's or gotta not. It's got to be. I'm I sure like the Air Force has got to be there. Yeah. If they're sending shit to space, like people from NASA, mm-hmm. I bet we're there. I'd love to just witness that. That'd be cool. I think it'd be pretty cool for sure. And yeah, they this company, so Strat, Stratolaunch... Like three months ago, they laid off like 50 employees because originally this company had a strategy to build like a bunch of different planes. Hmm. Like they had like a family of planes that they're developing, so they need a lot of people. But Paul Allen, he passed away last year. Okay. And I think because of that, they kind of realigned their strategy just to focus on this plane's launch. So they cut back on some jobs because of that. So kind of kind of emotional, like couple months, like few months for the company with this sure. passing, with this. Um, and this was kind of a big deal for the company launching it and it being successful. So that's cool, man. And it didn't say the name of the plane. I think it, they're calling it Strato Launch. Anyway, huh. okay. I think they're naming it after the company. That's that's my. That's my my thing on it. I'm pretty sure. But, okay. Yeah. So Strata Launch. Look it Interesting. up. It's a pretty yeah. cool thing. If you want to get more info on it. That's a monstrous plane. Yeah. That's huge. And to just be able to send other things from it. Yeah. It's just crazy to me. And the f- three. Like how big does it have to be to have another rocket with other things that need to go to space? Like that thing's got to be massive. 385 foot width. That's a hun- That's that's 130 yards. That's like a pitching wedge. I kind of want to look hitting from the side of the plane quick. to the other side of the plane. That's crazy, man. I, yeah. think it was, I thought it was cool. I want to look up a picture quick. Let's see. I can get it for you here. Oh wow! You get it. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that a specimen? <laughs> so it's got like, I don't know what you call it, but like two separate parts of the plane to it. That thing's huge. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, this is like we need to get our GoPro hooked up so we can show people pictures of awesome things. But man, like aka video. But anyway, this thing is huge. So, we're on we're on a robot kick this week. Uh so I need to sip my Joe here. We are. We and actually are on a robot kick. Yeah, so <laughs> we 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 just talked about Walmart introducing robots in their stores to scan things and be more efficient with productivity and fedex has they call it the same day bot okay 
and same day bot. yes the same day bot and it's starting in memphis that's where they're headquartered at and it goes up to 10 miles per hour it's battery powered can drive around pedestrians and objects so it has like sensors and cameras and things uh completely autonomous screens on front and back so on the front it has like hello so it's a little little greeter bot too Mm -hmm. and then on the back it can uh advise if it's about to stop or things like that Hmm. and so they're going to test it just b2b deliveries uh within the memphis area considering that legally they get allowed to which i'm i'm sure it'll happen but uh if that is successful, then they want to use it in other major areas and start having robots deliver things uh, that can be pretty local and same day delivery. So it'll and you're saying it'll be able to set a greeting to it, like it'll be able to have yeah, a conversation ha- ha- with people. Well, I don't know about conversation, but it has like hello on the front of oh. it. Oh, <laughs> from the video I saw, okay. I just had the hello. Yeah, no, I looked. I looked up the article, and yeah, you sent me. It looks. It looks. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't look too. I mean, one thing if it looked intimidating, but it looks it looks pretty f- friendly for the moment. For now. Yeah. For <laughs> I mean, eventually, I think we're gonna hit iRobot status, mm-hmm. where they kill us. Yeah. And that was an interesting thing Elon Musk talked about in his interview with Joe Rogan when they were talking about AI for a while. He said it will have to come to that before we regulate. Yeah, some type of like. Public, there has public outcry. Massacre. Yeah, there has to be a catastrophic event. Yeah, and it's like, look, you're creating things, and you want them to be autonomous, aka can have, for lack of a better phrase, a mind of its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like no, what ha- what happens when it realizes it can almost think for itself? So, uh, interesting stuff. But I think this is kind of cool having a little just mm-hmm. Wheeler guy kind of. Cruising around the city, it's like running into a robot. This damn robot getting in my way again. Like, what if it doesn't go right as the the light turns green, or you get the the little walkie guy? What if they do that? What if they have to have like a robot screen? You know, there's the pedestrian hand and walk. What if they had a little robot one right underneath it? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Just have it switch. Yeah. People and robots stop. <laughs> But yeah, starting in Memphis, um, so I'll be interested to see how that how that plays and uh, how that progresses as well. Yeah. So a lo- lot of stuff going on in in AI and robot world right now. Yeah, I read that FedEx they're they're actually in talk with AutoZone, Lowe's, Pizza Hut, Target, Walgreens to assess their need for something like this. Okay. Like they're already like reaching out to people because I also read that sixty percent of those companies' customers that I just read, mm-hmm. they're within three miles of a store. Oh, nice. So FedEx kind of sees, because of the proximity, over half of these customers are near. That's like the perfect distance for a robot to kind of... Imagine a, a robot delivering you pizza. That'd be awesome. What's that's, up, man? That's hey, crazy. Thanks, bro. <laughs> but yeah. No, Dap, and that dapping go, up that, robots. That goes back to our conversation with Walmart. Like These cus- these companies that are like talking with FedEx about this, like they're going to have to take a hard look. Like... How much money are we actually going to save with having robots instead of people driving? Because um, I feel like with like delivery services, I mean, if I'm just t- taking a look at Pizza Hut or a place that deliver, people don't care like if the delivery guy has like good social skills. They just want to pick up their thing for the person and yeah. just leave. They want so the I product. feel like if you have a robot doing this, you won't really lose like that much of the customer service aspect. I sure. think it's just a matter of like how fast it gets there. Yeah. Um, but so, do you do you think? These companies are soon going to be like, okay, what's the cost of this to do it through them? And what's the cost to do it if we were to make it? Mm-hmm. And do you Pizza think, Hut making robots? I don't know. Do you think that could happen? If they're going Probably. to use FedEx robots, do you think that other companies like, look, Walmart is already use, like going to implement robots in their stores. That's true. That's true. It's all about, I mean. And I so if they see this, part of me is wondering okay, what's cost, and can we do it better and cheaper? Yeah, that's the big question they got Or lower ask. investment. Because, like, big companies like this, like, it's a, even though we're seeing Walmart do it, it is, like, a big sacrifice to invest mm-hmm. a lot of money into something that, I mean, you're, you don't specialize in. Right. 
And that's true. That's it's just it's, it's the it's the value question that you ask. Like, hey, do we outsource this? Like, is it more cost efficient for us to do that? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting business mm. decision for all these places. Yeah, that's a good point too. So, yeah. I don't know. That's they, a good question they, as well. If on they your don't, if they don't specialize, mm-hmm. maybe and, they just want to stay in their lane, like stick to pizzas, not robots. Yeah, because I, I and I am interested on the other side of it, like the legal aspect of it of having robots in cities, because there's only been two states that have passed legislation to allow robots to operate without a person beside them. Okay. That's Virginia and Idaho just did it recently. Um, Deliver some potatoes. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> um, Sorry Idaho. That door is wide there, open. There was issues in cities like San Francisco. I mean, those are states, but like cities like San Francisco, they, they restricted robots. In their hmm. city because of that they, surprises they, me that California see, is getting restrictive. Yeah, they seem as a nuisance. So I, I think there's going to be both sides of this, and I think it's going to be up to states at the state level to decide this. That's why I was kind of interested to see like how does this work? Like, is there already something in the? I'm sure there's a lot of stuff like this in the works within legislations of states. Like, I'm gotta sure be. almost most states are gotta either be. have something drafted up to do this. But yeah, I'm glad that you brought this up, Slager. I think it's huh. an interesting story. Yeah, it's yeah. I know we're getting robotic with it this week, but it's just interesting to see how much we're actually doing, and how far along that technology is becoming. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy. We got planes shooting rockets out of its ass to send other things to space. Uh, we got delivery robots that are gonna hook you up with pizzas. Um, it's pretty crazy to think about that that we're able to do all this. Like it's, it's it's getting real. Like we it's crazy, man. We talk about robots like they're so distant in the past. Like I thought we were talking like that last year, but now we're actually like rolling stuff out. Or, yeah, and I know people have this image of like flying cars by now, but it's like, man, eventually it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Like you're already seeing. I don't know if you see. Uh, I follow this one page on Instagram where it will have quick videos of. You know, someone making their own hoverboard where it's like, I saw one where it's basically the Green Goblin's uh, hoverboard from the original Spider-Man where he's got the two foot thing, you know, with, um, what was that, Tobey Maguire when he was Mm -hmm. Spider-Man? And then, oh, William Defoe when he was Green Goblin, his like board thing that he flew on. Like I've seen videos of people creating one of those that like goes fast. Dude. Like right through the air, and it's the exact same looking thing. That gives me goosebumps. It's crazy. Like, but I really want to try. What I really want to try is those. Uh, oh, what are those things called? In the, in the water, they have the two tubes down in the water, and it's water propelled, and it's on your feet, and you do you see people do tricks on them. Like it's a board attached to your feet. You can go under the water. You can go up high in the air. You, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, I want to do that shit. Yeah. I want to try that so bad. I just see that that would excite me, but I know I'd be scared at first. Just I'm not like trying to die. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, me neither. But trying to live. Yeah, no. I, that 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 I would try the hoverboard. I'm probably good. Like right now in my mind, skydiving. Yeah, I'm yeah. okay. Yeah. Like I I know how people say like it's super liberating, like and it really just. That's why people compare things to skydiving because once you do it, I guess it's just insane. But uh-huh. I don't know. Right now, I'm okay. Like, I'm not pressed. Like, ooh, I need to go skydiving before I die. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe off the dome goes skydiving in the coming years at some point. Be good content. Maybe you'll have to really convince me to do that. But <laughs> I'll have to really convince myself. Yeah. Yeah, I think you have to. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely will tell my parents afterwards if we do it. Right, for sure. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah. Anywho, robots, man. Yeah, I enjoy talking about them. I think it's cool to see, but there's also the like we talked about the the downfalls and yeah the risk. There's and, always risk. And you look, you can do good and bad with robots too. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's people trying to create more things for robots to do. To like do harm, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like weaponizing, like warfare. Yeah, I and mean, that, we we already have drones that can drop bombs. Well, that's what Elon Musk. Obama and, did it. <laughs> that's what Elon Musk and Joe Rogan were talking about on that one episode. Yeah, is people are gonna be using them as warfare? 
Yeah. And that's what's going to cause the, the mm-hmm. massacre. That's what he thinks is what's going to cause the public outcry. It's nuts. But it's nuts. Still, still super intriguing though. Um, yeah, FedEx power moves. Tim, what else you got for me? Yeah. So Google is made an announcement that they're building the fastest internet cable to cross the Atlantic Ocean. Huh. So I I had to do some education for myself on this, but apparently, like in, internet traffic, like. I mean, obviously, we're well-connected throughout the entire world. Yes. But we don't actually, like, think about how that's being transmitted across the world. So, internet traffic between continents like U.S. and Europe, or not continents, countries like... or Continents, yes. Internet traffic between U.S. and Europe doesn't beam by satellite. It go it goes on, like, through cables beneath the sea. Really? Yeah, so there's, like... I had no idea. Yeah, so there's, like, three over... There's, like, 300, 400, like, pipes... In the, in the ocean, in which like information travels on like glass fibers, like fiber strands. Whoa! So that's how that works. I thought it was interesting. My mind is so blown right now. Yeah, and apparently Google. Oh, that's crazy. Google's building one that it's gonna be like it's 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 similar design, but they're building it in a way that's more cost efficient for their company. So the cable, it's it's name like they gave it a name, Dunant. D-U-N-A-N-T. So it's named after the founder of the Red Cross, hmm. Henry Dunant. Uh, and it'll stretch from United States to France over 3,977 miles. Wow. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's expected wow. to come on and be, like, functional by 2020. But apparently it, like, I'm not going to get too nerdy with it, but, like, it's supposed to transmit, like, 250 terabits of data per second. I, Which is like I don't know what. double the second most amount. So just to give you an idea, like okay, it, yeah. So pretty much it'll carry more information in the same way, but a bigger, like, wider fiber cables that they're building to do huh. this. So how I'd compare it and like to give you an analogy is like most cables are like two lane high two lane highways the way data okay. flows, but this one's gonna be like a four lane highway. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Good analogy. Yeah. Nice analogy game. So, and it's going to be a private Google cable. So, I don't did, know what Did that, it say what the cost is for did, that? That has to be such an expense. Yeah. Like, th- think of the the equipment you need to get to the bottom of the ocean, drill into the ocean floor, and create a pipeline. Mm-hmm. And that's... That and, has to cost so much money. You have to have so much good science done because... You can really mess some stuff up, mm-hmm. like you're you're drilling into the ocean floor, right? And the cost, like I'm glad you you talked about the cost because any like all these people that build these cables underneath the ocean, they they could build a cable like Google's, but the cost is what keeps people from building cables like this because the more like fiber cables that you add. You have to it, you have to manage things like cost, complexity, electrical power, and they didn't say how much it is, but apparently you so these cables they lose signal every sixty two miles. So you need to build these like energy connectors called repeaters okay. to give energy to these cables so they don't lose signal. Huh. So what Google's doing is they're pretty much building these repeaters that give off energy to these fibers that give energy to more fibers. So they're pretty much getting the bang for their buck when they're designing these cables to give it in the most simple way possible. I wonder why it loses signal every 62 miles. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. Might have to do with the fact that it's underwater, deep underwater. (laughs) I'm sure that has something to do with it. (laughs) But, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Robots delivering packages, internet going underneath the ocean floor, my mind's pretty blown. Crazy. I did not know. I'm still wrapping my mind around the fact that it's not via satellite. It's actual legitimate cable mm-hmm. running from continent to yeah. continent. The fact that it works like that. Dude. I'm, I want to do more research on why why that's the case and it's not satellite. Or if there's, there is... Or what, like, the percentage I wonder if that's between like, satellite and under, underwater, like, what it is. Do you think that's... Uh, Having a hard wire like that, comparable to the, having whether you 
use the aux cord or Bluetooth. Yeah, that's do you, a good point. Do you think maybe better signal and with a harder connection? Because it actually like physically connects it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I think. I don't know. I'm that, probably, that probably has something to do with it. I'm just spitballing, but yeah, you know, satellites. That's a lot of it, or maybe there's too much information to use uh, satellites without having to load up the sky with with more. Uh huh. Because think about what those satellites are already transmitting. Enough like radio frequency, images, and all this other information. I wonder if there's just they couldn't do that many satellites. Maybe I don't know. I feel like satellites make us vulnerable to, to like. Well, I mean, everyone's data, listening. Data, data breaches. The government's but listening to this episode as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about like your phone. Have you ever talked about something with someone? And, but you've never looked it up, and then it gets advertised to you like an hour later. Mm-hmm. Dude, everyone's listening. Yeah. We're worried about like people listening to our stuff like we do it to ourselves. Alexa's? Kidding me? It's exactly what that is. We bug ourselves. We're just all okay with it. Be careful what you say. I'm just saying. Yeah. So, oh, dude, that's... That's so super fascinating to me. Just like cables under the ocean floor. Man. Dude, hot topics. Hot topics. I'm getting pretty uh, pretty tossed right here. This is awesome. Yeah. Anything else uh, going on in the world, Tim? Uh, honestly. I, I, uh, I'm a little shorter on current events today. I apologize, but... Oh, uh, you're good. Uh, so, I want to talk about PayPal. PayPal. That's one that I still haven't got on yet. I know it's surprising I don't use PayPal. Well, you technically are on PayPal because you're on Venmo. Oh. That's what I want to talk about today. So. Does Venmo own PayPal? PayPal is Venmo. Oh, I'm, yeah. Sorry, I'm back. Yeah, so. Yeah. Interesting. And that's what okay. I want. That's exactly what, that's what I'm going to get into right now. Hit so, me. PayPal is booming right now. So, it enjoyed great success. Booming. 2018. More people are using it than ever before. Revenue grew over $15 billion, which is almost a 20% increase in revenue year over year. Jeez. Like, they're just, they're just booming right now. Talk about cash flow. Earnings per share rose 26%. Number of active accounts. Like, people using it, 20% more than last year. And, like, transactions are up. Just everything about it is Damn, right dude. Now. Should have bought into PayPal a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I don't know Missed when, the boat on that. I don't know when they acquired Venmo, but... Venmo is is the is the biggest reason for this growth, which is the the payment app that's really popular with our generation. Uh huh. Um, and Venmo itself. So that's what I talk about. Like Venmo itself, as a single entity, doesn't make money. Like Venmo, like the Venmo company, like they weren't. They're set to be profitable as a company within the next two quarters. Okay. Like they'll break even in the next two quarters. But because they were acquired by PayPal, they're feeding PayPal's revenue. So it was a successful acquisition for PayPal because huh. like Venmo wasn't making money. Well, they weren't yet. Yeah. But like because they were acquired by PayPal, they were able to kind of speed up their, their profitability. Yeah, because there's no fees or anything with Venmo. Right. It's just transactions. Yeah. Huh. So, so are they going to make money with like uh, in-app ads or... Or did it get that far of how they're going to be profitable in the next couple of years? Yeah, so let me see here. Because I'd be interested to see what changes in their model to now make money. Yeah, so half of the revenue is made from digital transfers. Okay. So there's like a fee, but Venmo has oh, also... there is a fee. Yeah, with digital transfers. Yeah, there's like a small fee in there. Okay. That's, a, that's where they said half the revenue is from. Huh. But Venmo is also partnered with popular digital platforms like Spotify. Or no. Venmo has also partnered with popular digital platforms like Shopify, Hulu, Big Commerce, and then Tidal, the music service. I've not heard of it. So it's a, it's just like a, it's a Spotify type of thing. It's okay. like a music downloading app. So when Kanye's album Life of Pablo was dropped, it was only on Tidal. For like a week or two before it got released everywhere else. It's huh. it's a it was started by Jay Z, oh. like Title is Jay Z's company. Oh okay. Um, okay. So they've had, they've struck up some cool partnerships with like 
things like that, like like what I just listed. Um, and yeah, and they're just they're just growing. Like they they've been acquired and meshed in with PayPal's processes in a very efficient way. Wow. And, and PayPal and Venmo, they're 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 benefiting. So yeah, I mean yeah, I I use Venmo all the time. Mm-hmm. But and I'm I've been thinking about getting on PayPal because more things have PayPal, and it's like I think that's just a good idea. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I mean, to have that, it's never too late, but definitely invest in PayPal if you haven't yet. It's, keep going yeah, up. it's definitely a lot more expensive. Mm-hmm. I also, uh, I need to watch Boeing stock and see how down that is. Cause they had how many hundreds of planes they had to ground. Cause Boeing planes were having issues mm-hmm. like passenger planes. Spot, stock market was down for like a few days just because of Boeing, like stock market as a whole. Yeah, so I want to look into Boeing stock. I've I've been a little slow on that lately, and uh, it'd be a good time to get in. I think it's mm-hmm. got to still be down. I'd agree. When you're grounding hundreds of planes around the country, yeah, you got to take a hit. Man, missed PayPal though. A couple of years ago, could you imagine earnings per share of twenty six? You said twenty six percent. Yep, twenty six percent. They rock. They rock. I just think drives I, me I, insane. I, yeah, like I think the biggest thing to take away from this is just the fact of how successful that acquisition was for PayPal. Yeah. The yeah. fact that it benefited both parties. Like Venmo probably wouldn't have been profitable for another like couple years, if Dude. at all. Like if at all. Good foresight, man. Yeah. Any so, any other stocks that you're keeping your eye on that are maybe low, good time to buy, or on the rise, or about to IPO? I know we've talked about some IPOs um, lately too. I. I do want to talk about, like, one company that I'm going to give a teaser of that I want to actually dedicate an episode to is a company Ooh. called Aptive. Aptive? A-P-T-I-V. So if you're trying to buy a stock that you're never going to sell anytime soon and want to make some good money off of it long term is Aptive. So it's a it's a company that designs AI technology for cars. Hmm. So it's a, like it's a company that, as we see automatically driving cars, like yeah. this company builds the technology for cars all across the board so they probably stuff. build stuff and for they, tesla then. yeah and they do a really good job i think it is yeah they're with tesla but, huh okay so look up that company we'll do, do your listeners do your research on that one and we're gonna actually talk about that in depth in an episode here in a couple weeks i want to cool i was gonna talk i was gonna add it to the show but i want to make sure that that's like my only current event for an episode gotcha it, it okay takes a long time. but yeah active aptiv okay but finger on the pulse on that um i also uh, so you know Dan Bilzerian. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. His company Ignite. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a big IPO just of just because of his popularity, and I think you'll see a big IPO. And personally, I think you might see it level out not too long after, mm. just because the hype. That and, and yes, people are going to buy his stuff continuously just because of who he is and it's it's weed <laughs> uh, yeah. weed and CBD and I'm sure it's good quality because he has the money to really dedicate to it and uh, you might see slow growth I just don't think it's going to be a rocket ship like the IPO will right but I'm thinking about getting stock in that because he also dude he just has his finger on the pulse with our generation mm-hmm. with what younger people want yeah, I mean, and he's, he's, got, he's just attacking it. I just looked; he's got 26 million followers on on Instagram. Jeez, dude, he's de- he's definitely definitely has our attention. Look, he <laughs> he he, uh, he gets a pretty bad rap, and I understand why. But man, yeah. he is someone I would love to sit down and talk to, because his episode with Joe Rogan, God, let's just tag Joe Rogan in this one because we're just giving him yeah. all the love. He's gonna get so many more listeners because of this one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, that episode was addicting for me to listen to just because it was cool to hear his points of view on things, his insights, why he does the things he does. And yeah, he's, he's got some douchey parts to him for sure, but he does have a, a pretty interesting way of looking at things mm-hmm. and like the girls and stuff. He's like, I'm, I'm not paying these girls. He's like, I've, I've paid for pleasure and stuff like that before. He goes, I don't, I don't need to do that anymore. And he's like, and the other thing, like if, if someone is into me and actually wants to spend time with me and vice versa, then yeah, we should do that. 
He's like, if you don't want to spend time with me, I don't, I don't want to spend time with someone that doesn't want to hang with me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, it's so simple, but that's good. Uh, so, yeah, interesting uh, with what he's doing with Ignite, and yeah, I think I think you'll see a pretty big jump there for a while, and then I think it might, and I could be wrong, been wrong before. I think it might level off after a while, but I think uh-huh. it's still going to be a good investment. Yeah. So I've been really watching that to win that my IPO, and uh, I might put some money aside for that one. That and Boeing, I might put money aside. Good. So, uh, what? Uh, how are you going to buy? What app do you use, or what? What are you going to use to buy the stocks? I don't know. I'm going to look into Robinhood. 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 Steal from the rich. Uh. Well, Robinhood plug. They should pay me for this ad. Just <laughs> um, most like. Like Vanguard, what I use, okay. if you buy stocks on like a typical like Vanguard E-Trade, any type of those, there's usually like a $7 fee for every single time you make a stock purchase. Oh, that's a pain. Yeah. So that's why like, but I don't really buy stocks on there. I just buy ETFs. But with Robinhood, you can buy any stock you want, whenever you want, no fees. Damn. You, yeah. That's what, that's what I use for stocks. That's huge. Yeah. I'm going to talk to my dad because he does a lot of investing, but... Ask him about Robinhood. I want to know okay. if he does a lot of that stuff. I'd be interested to know. He, what does, he does a lot with covered calls and things too. Oh, he, like, he's a he's like, a master. He's the master of the dude, market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's a wizard, man. He's yeah. super smart with that stuff. Like I've been yeah. to a class with him when I was younger, and I never got, and I should have, but I never got into it like actively. And I also just need some more money to do that as well. But then again. I also don't think that's like my biggest strength for me to really spend time to work on. I mean, we got the podcast, I got my rehab, I got my nutrition coaching. I just don't think that is something for me to really take a lot of time to do. And I think when I do have a lot of money, I would like to pay my dad to be like, hey, give you whatever commission you want. uh, But I would like to give you a bunch of money to play with in, in this realm because it's just... I don't have or want to dedicate the time to do that because I think my time and strengths are better suited elsewhere. Uh huh. But I th- I would love to get to the point where I can be like, hey, Dad, here's X tens, thousands of dollars. See what you can do and I'll give you commission. Yeah. Just because he's so good at it. Yeah, that. or just sit down and talk to him and get knowledge from him. Yeah. Like for, for people listening to this, like – we talk about networking and asking people, learning from people. There are people all around us who know a lot of good things about the stock market and mm-hmm. ways to make money without even actually having to like physically put in the work to make the money. Residual income. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the, the greatest things about living in America. The freedoms we have is the ability to invest in the stock market, invest in stuff. So talk to people. I'm going to jump on a call with my dad and one of his friends who knows a lot just because I want to learn. Like, yeah. It's... It's a good thing to learn about, and you can. Everyone has their take on things, but it's good to learn like at least the fundamentals about things and, just, and the things that are just true, and no matter what. Talking to people with experience, yeah. So, like, I, I like talking to my dad because he does a lot of real estate stuff too, with like more uh, office uh, space building, like commercial properties, and I now understand that side a little bit better after my time at Simon. And I, I like being able to talk with him more and understand more of what he's telling me now. And, and we can kind of relate on that level a little bit. But, man, he's a wizard. He's, he's so business smart. It's, it's mind-boggling sometimes. I'm just like, dude, you're, you're a genius here, man. Like, <laughs> he's good. But anywho, uh, wild. I'm on PayPal because I'm on Venmo. Yeah. <laughs> Mind blown. All right, all right, all right. Um, good on uh, current events, mm-hmm. my man. Anything else? No. We we hit some some good stuff here. Yeah. Uh, so I do have to. Man, I feel bad. I'm just calling people out for doing their thing, but this this one, <laughs> I have to bring up real life situation because it deals with the safety of someone's back and being in the profession I'm in. I'm always watching out for that. So this lady at the gym, I, I see in the early morning, and she's not like a trainer with, with L.A., but it seems like she has a, a, maybe some clients on the side that she trains at L.A. 
and she's training okay. this um, this older gentleman. I've talked to him a little bit in the locker room before. He's a nice guy. And she was teaching crunches. And I'm just like, I saw the rounding of the back, everything loaded through the low back. And I'm just like, she's like, so you want to be nice, slow, and controlled here? Like, yes, okay, that's good, but what you're teaching is not. And I see so many crunches where you just, you round at the low back, you round at the low back, and you're loading through that, and that's what's pulling you up. Like, you're going to hurt yourself. Wait, 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 slow down. So what what about doing crunches? So crunches, you know how, like, when you sit up, um, or a sit-up, whatever you want to call it, like, you... You crunch up and you round at the low back. Round at the low back. Yeah. So like you, you scrunch the diaphragm, you squeeze, uh, you contract the abs, but you're uh, also collapsing your diaphragm mm-hmm. and you round at the back. And so all that load is now there and that's what's helping drive you up. Like you think it's all abs. It's not just all abs. Like you're going to hurt your low back at mm-hmm. a certain point. And so if you wanted to do like the safest sit-up you could... Make sure that your diaphragm, so your your trunk, your torso stays long, and then try it. It's going to be a lot harder, too. Diaphragm, torso stay long. Yeah. Then do it. Okay. Um, or, good tip. Or just, you know. Because I do crunches, and I think I could be doing them better. Yeah. So so act, think of, like, your whole torso and, and neck and head moving all together. Like, keep a nice uniform spinal curve where you're not just rounding at the low back, rounding at the low back. It's just mm-hmm. enough is going to do more damage than good. How much power did you need to restrain from going over there and saying something? Oh, my God. I bet, well, you, no, I bet you were itching. <laughs> well, because I was doing my, my pre-primers. So I was doing like my shoulder dislocates with, with the, the wooden dowel and stuff. And, and it's right next to me, like literally a foot from me. And, oh, my God, dude, I was biting my tongue so hard. I was just like, don't do it. It's not why we're here. Don't do it. Like, let them do their thing. Because I also don't want to act like a know-it-all. Like, even though, like, I'm in rehab and exercise therapy. <laughs> but I just, I'm like, just don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, a lot of willpower to not say something. Because I just wanted to be like, well, are you also telling your client that eventually he's going to hurt his low back with enough of this? Because that's what's going to happen here. Because of what you're teaching and how you're teaching it. It's just piss poor. And and I know, like, and we've talked about in book talk, seeing the innocence in things. I know her intentions are so pure. And it's just a lack of knowledge. And But I'm just like, how, how can you do that to someone? But, again, I, uh, I stayed in my lane on that one. And just, I let it ride. I did my thing. I did my safe lift. So good, good restraint. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, you know, time and place, time yeah. and place. But that's, that's all I have for my real life. I, God, I had to throw that out there though. Mm-hmm. That really grinded my gears because I was just like, Oh man, there's so many better, th- like do a plank. Don't sag at the low back and do a plank. Be very effective. And there's ways you can do like, you can you don't need to do a crunch, but you can like move your legs up to your chest, so, like do like the hanging leg raise that kind of do does like yeah. the same, same type of yeah work yeah that um I'll do like I'll sit like sideways on a bench to where just my butt and my hands are on on the bench and I'll do like um, bring my knees to my chest, but I'm moving legs and torso together. Mountain climbers. Uh, well, I mean I'm seated. No, I was saying mountain climbers too. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, I, I remember doing. Um, there was a point in time I was in Parisi Speed School, and they helped with like agility and fundamental like moving and supporting yourself in ways for for athletes. And there was this thing called like it's like a Spider Man crawl or something, and you're like sp- acting like Spider Man crawling up a, the side of a building, but you're going on the floor. Mm-hmm. Man, that'll cook you too. Just more fundamental um, movement alone and and using your trunk when you do your lifts alone can strengthen too. There's some days where it's like I'm I'm sore in, in my core. I'm like, man, I didn't even do any abs the other day. Like, why am I sore? And it's like because I was really engaged in, in my trunk during my lifts as you should be. Like to the point sometimes I'll get the shakes 
but uh, then I know I'm I'm working through that. Uh, but anyway, yeah, off uh, off my tangent there of teaching crunch. No, I think that's a good learning lesson for everybody. Yeah, but it's just move well, move often, and and be safe when you move. I love so, it. All right, speaking of book talk, you want to get into it? Or yeah. Did you, did you have a real life for me? Yeah. So tribe of mentors. Uh, by Tim Ferriss. It's the book where you get Love Tim life advice from different world leaders, people from brilliant minds just giving their take on different ways you can improve your, your life on a daily basis. Small mm -hmm. habits to make big changes. Uh, so Liv, her name is Liv Bory. She's a British poker player and a television host from the UK. Uh, and she gave an interesting tip when you're like trying to make a deci like decision-making tactic. Like when you're trying to make a decision on something where you're like 50-50 on something. Mm -hmm. um, so we've all used the word maybe. We've all used the word sometimes, occasionally, or occasionally, probably. Those words that sure. kind of are gray area terms. Yeah. Like, hey, are you going out tonight? Probably. Hey, are you going to do some work tonight? Probably. Hey, are you going to make this decision? Uh, maybe. Something. Like, huh. Okay. So yeah. what she said is whenever you're trying to – like decide whether to do something and you're going to use one of those terms. She says, assign a numerical percentage to those words. Interesting. On, okay. Based on how likely you are to do something. So when you say that, actually be like, okay, there's like an 85% chance I'm going out tonight. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Or it's like, uh, maybe that maybe could be 20% that you're going to do yeah. it. Or if you're just trying to decide to like commit to an event or something or something like, yeah, if you're, if you're, like, oh, should I go after this account? Oh, should I take this meeting? Oh, should I connect with this person at work? Like, decide, like, the numerical percentage of how likely you are to meet with them and get good value from them and foster a meeting relationship or hmm. something valuable from doing that specific thing that you're saying, like, oh, maybe I'll do it. Yeah. That gives you – that, I think, pushes you in a way to make a, a better, like more confident decision in something. Yeah. And it makes sense coming from her because she's a poker player. Like, you know, with her, like she's got to be all in on the decision that she yeah. makes. Yeah, very deliberate. Yeah. I like that so because that was interesting. even myself, I know sometimes I can be better with even small decision making too. Mm -hmm. To where it's like as simple as, you know, oh, who's going to order the ride to the bar? Just do it. Be the person yeah. who just does yeah. it. And, and small stuff like that. And I think that was Ed Milet. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it was either him or Bedros Koulian that brought that up. Like, just do it. Just be the one who does it. Don't worry about getting taken care of. Like, they're your friends. They'll, they'll make sure they either pay you and get you a drink or whatever. And just do it. Make the decision to do it. If someone's not sure where they want to go, just make the decision or throw out like that's why I like to throw out ideas when someone's like hey um where should we go for here and it's like most of the time you give an idea then it's like ah, I'm not really feeling that it's like okay well don't <laughs> don't not make a decision and then can mine because I'm trying to make one so I like to give ideas of like okay let me throw a few ideas out there uh say it's going out to eat I think I actually did this on uh the other day when we recorded and went to dinner like, all right, let's throw a few. We still ended up going to the same spot we knew we were going yeah. to anyway. <laughs> that's, like the, that's like the matrix. We already made our decision. Now we just have to understand why. <laughs> How we always go to Good Morning Mamas in the morning Dude, on Sunday. We haven't I know, for a while. Because we moved out of the studio. That's right. Yeah. But, um, and we, we've just we've been out of town quite a bit lately too. Yeah. And had stuff going on. But, I mean, I think they're open till, uh, it's till 2. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll have to get back on that train. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just throwing out, okay, we can go here, 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 and then that'll at least get some creative juices going like, huh, that sounds kind of good. And then you might throw out something completely not one of those, but to everyone's like, oh yeah, that sounds good. Let's do that. Yeah. So it, even just throwing out ideas can aid in the decision making. Yeah. And going off that, I think... If you're like deciding from a list of choices, like for example, dinner or just any type of list of choices, mm -hmm. narrow it down to like three to five. Yeah. Ideally three and assign that percentage. Like out of these three places, oh. like what percentage of your, like you can only use a hundred points. 
what how much of your per 100 points did you dedicate to this place how much of your 100 points did you instead of yeah instead of evaluating like the benefits and disadvantages of each restaurant that doesn't really give you a comparative measure to decide out of right. that list what you want to do right so i think you can do that with that i think we were down to hopcat la piedad and noodles yeah and then i was like <laughs> all right not noodles yeah can get that on any day uh-huh that's nice and casual and so we eliminated that one then we had two so we were like I mean, I would like to say 50-50, but we both know where we were going to end up anyway. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, then we had two. It's like, okay, we know what's at one. We know what's at the other. What are we really feeling? Hmm. How can you get a lot of different things? But we, want, we wanted the Mexicana. We wanted a Magalita. <laughs> so good, dude. Frozen mango, dude. Got me that day. That was awesome. That tasted so delightful. Yeah. Nothing better than eating on the deck at La Pita. Oh, I love eating outside, outside. at restaurants. Yeah. Uh, but I like I like assigning an actual percentage because mm -hmm. then if someone says ah maybe they think of is that maybe twenty or thirty percent like you know what I probably won't maybe it'll <laughs> help them actually change their decision yeah so they don't have a maybe on their plate the rest of the day and they know what they're going to do or not going to do it's like ah no I'm not going to do this actually all right then you don't have to worry about it you know you're not going to go do it don't have to worry about it. The time for that, when to be ready, when to be where. Eliminate more off your plate for the day. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. What was her name? Liv? Liv Bori. L-I-V. And then her last name is B-O-E-R-E-E. -E. Good it's job. kind of a weird name. Good job, Liv. Yeah. Wonder, uh, is she a pretty good poker player? I mean, I'd be yeah. I mean, she's a television host now, so she must have some type of credibility. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Dude, poker fascinates me so much. Mm-hmm. I'll even like throw it on TV and just watch hold them like those pro tournaments. Crazy to see how how they operate and think. Mm -hmm. And bluffed. I love when they get a good bluff, and it's like they didn't have anything and just scared the person away with their betting. Anyway. Yeah, if uh, you're trying to learn like good decision making skills, talk to a poker player. That's for sure. Good job, Tim Ferriss. I like that. So yeah, I'm. Uh, this is a problem with being in two books. So I'm going back and forth here. Uh, so I've been trying to finish uh, When God Writes Your Love Story as well. And there was a story about a woman who really waited like well into her 30s before she like found someone and settled down. And I, I think in our society and culture today, especially in young people, and, and I was just at a very good buddy of mine, uh, his wedding, Zach Gabriel, Sydney White. Shout out to them. They just got married on, on Saturday. So uh, super happy for them. But uh, I think for a lot of people, they, they want to check it off the box of like, I, I have a girlfriend or I have a boyfriend. Like, we're engaged. Like, all right, that's checked. All right, I'm married. I'm with someone for the rest of my life. Okay, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Maybe it's just me, but I, I feel like there's there's some of that where people just want to make sure that they're not alone. But I, I think being alone for a while is good. Like if you are not okay by yourself, then how are you going to be better with somebody else? You know, I think someone else should compliment you the best, not complete you. People mm -hmm. are like, oh, they complete me. It's like, you should be whole as your own yeah, self. I like that. And, and like, look, my own relationships haven't always gone gone well, so people can take with a grain of salt. But I think you should be whole on your own. Like, there's a difference between being alone and lonely. Big difference. Like, right now, I'm alone. Like, but I'm okay, like, with myself, everything I'm doing. I am morally good with everything I am doing right now. And I'm good with my path, my direction. And I think people should compliment you the best, not necessarily have to be the one to quote unquote complete you. So it's like, who enhances you a little bit? Who makes you yeah, better? Yeah, enhance. You know, who, who, challenge, who challenges you in the right ways and, and is, you know, really good on their own too, but you, you two really complement each other well. Mm -hmm. So, um, it was talking about this lady who waited so long, and but she was good with it. She was like, 
She was good with what she was doing. She was waiting, not saying I want to wait till I'm like late 30s to get married. Like I'd like to ideally have kids by then. But I just think it goes to show like it's okay to be on your own for a while. Like Mm -hmm. don't freak out. There's how many people in the world like there's someone out there for you. It's just focus on you for now Mm -hmm. until that person comes along. Like focus on you. Don't try to chase that and keep chasing it. I think sometimes that's how relationships don't work is if you chase it too much or if you really force it. Mm-hmm. So just let that come. Yeah. In any relationship, it should never be you're putting too much energy into it than it's taking. Well, wait, let me say that again. There should never be a relationship where the relationship is taking more energy out of you than you're putting into it. Correct. Like you need to, you need to gravitate to, I mean, find someone who's going to bring that type of energy into your life. That's not going to complete you, but like you said, enhance, enhance you. Yes. Like get like you good relationships take a lot of effort, but it's always worth it with a person who gives you that type of energy back that you're putting into it. Yeah. So that's, <clears throat> that's, Ooh. and the, and those like, there's always someone out there like that. Yeah. They're, they're out there, but, and you'll, you'll know when it happens, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like what you're saying. So, yeah, that that was an interesting one. And, you know, the big premise of that book is, you know, whether you believe in God or a higher power, wh- whatever you want to call it, uh, just letting him take the wheel on that one. Mm-hmm. Like, let him steer the ship. Don't try to control it. I mean, it, it talks, you should do that with everything in your life. You know, don't try to control it all. Do, do what you can, control what you can, and make sure you're, you're doing good work with it, but you got to let him drive. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and that's a, you know, that's a hard pill to swallow even for myself. Cause it's like, okay, is there that someone like, mm-hmm. but you just can't be caught up in that. Like that, that's, that's the faith about it is you just got to trust that. Yes, that will come when it needs to come. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's, Never the best time or right time to do a lot of things, but it will come when it needs to. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Uh, just, just waiting for it, like, cause it'll come to you. And the right person who who wants to ride that train with you is is gonna hop on board. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my book talk. Good. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. That's a good reminder to have. Absolutely. Cause it, it is easy to to think you need someone because you see everybody else having someone too, but not everyone works on the same timeline. Just like you see other people's success, financial success. Yeah. Everyone has their own timeline. Yeah. You just need to put in the work on working on yourself, making yourself better and it'll come to you. So exactly. thank you. Yeah. Um, so I just want to end the episode quickly on something. So we have, We've talked about this concept before, but I read something that kind of reinforces this concept. Okay. So we talk about journaling and writing down our goals. Yes. Um, and writing about the type of person you want to be, writing about something you want to achieve, anything that is going to make you better, something that you write down. So The Psychology of Persuasion by Robert Cialdini talks about the seven different uh, influencing tactics. So the one I want to talk about today is commitment and consistency. Okay. It's the commitment and consistency principle. So our human desire as, as, a, as a person, as an individual human being, is to be consistent with what we have already done in the past. So what this, that's what this law means. And it says like once we've made a choice or taken a stand on something, whether that means identifying with the type of person we are, uh, whether we write something down. So once we take a stand on something and put it in writing, putting something down in writing takes, I think, that reinforces how much you believe in it. Yeah. Once we take that stand and write it down, we will encounter a personal and interpersonal pressures to behave consistently, consistently with that commitment that we, Hmm. that we stood with. So that's why like whenever people are going around and like campaigning for a, a political person, they always ask, Hey, can I put the sign in your yard? Yeah. So once that person makes that first commitment to putting that sign in their yard, they might be more likely down the road to give some type of donation down the road. Uh, so like that's, okay. that's just a typical example, yeah, yeah. but the one I want to talk about is just like writing it down. So like what I have on my desk right now, it's, it's a sticky note that's been on my desk since like I started my sales job is it says, 
I want to be a top-notch salesman, and I want to grow and build with my organization. And I will do that by studying every day. So Ooh. that's literally been like on my desk for like the last couple years. Nice. And it forces me to like when I'm feeling tired about something, like when I'm when I'm tired of it. Like I wrote this down like a, a couple years ago, and I'm gonna stay consistent with it and yeah. keep on doing different things to invest in myself. Like, yeah. I'm gonna get on LinkedIn tonight and look at five sales training videos that are gonna help me be better. Like just like little things that like. We, we get so sidetracked on things because there's a lot of distractions in life and we're going to have like down weeks where we're, we're not, we feel like we're not moving closer to our goal. But just seeing something like that and having that commitment and consistency principle of something you've taken a stand on mm-hmm. forces you to, to continue to work towards that. So yeah, I like that. I think that's just an important thing. I, I was, as I was reading through my notes that. I think I've seen that before too. Mm-hmm. I like so, that. And that's I, cool, man. So find something that, whether it's writing like a single sentence you don't even have to write something big. Like write a single sentence, put it on your mirror, put it on your door, put it anywhere. Just look at it every day. Yeah. You just be surprised like, at how much of a difference. Or that like makes. I'm going to get to the gym three days this week. You know, or or just something simple. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Yeah, writing things down. I agree with you. It's always like it makes it more tangible. It's not a thought like, oh yeah, I know I need to do this. No, if you write it down, now you have a list of things you have to do. Hmm. Hmm. And I, I also apply this to presentations too. Like, there's something called a trial close. Okay. So when you're, as you're going through a presentation, whenever you make a point, ask the audience, hey, does that make sense? Do you see value in what I just said? Instead of just giving your entire presentation and just letting them just like take it all in and decide like how they feel about it. Check up on them. Like every five or ten minutes within your presentation, be like, hey, what I just explained there, how my company's better, how my presentation's awesome, how what I'm saying is true. Do you, do you, <laughs> do you see like – do you see truth in that? Do you see value in that? And once you hear them say yes, yeah. if you keep on getting them to say yes and agree with what you're saying, it's the commitment and consistency principle. They're so, going to keep on agree- – they're, they're agreeing with you and they committed to that original idea you had. You had. Uh-huh. So you're, they're more likely to agree and align on what you're saying down the road if you keep on checking up with them. Because if they say no, you can. that's when you deal with objection. Yeah. And I think you, you, a lot of people lose people in presentations because they, they never get a commitment from the person maybe until the very end of the presentation. Okay. So that's yeah. how, how I like to apply it with, with presentations too in my job. So could you also do that via – Okay, any questions on any of that? Or is this a yeah. little different? Yep, questions on that. Because okay. I like to, it's the same type of thing, except I like to ask it in a way that will get them to say yes. Sure, okay, like, yeah. Does, does that make sense to you? And if it doesn't, then they'll ask the question. Yeah, and, and or then. You can be like, or you can say, do you have any questions about that? Does that make sense? Yeah, okay. So. Just making sure that they understand everything you're saying. Yeah. And they get it. Yeah, they don't, they, they don't get it. When you go for the ask, they're not going to give it. Right. Interesting. Like a per like if you never check up on a person and you just and you give like a, a thirty minute presentation, and you ask them at the end, "Do you have any questions?" It's a lot tougher for them to be able to ask educated questions because you you talk so much for thirty minutes. It's yeah. tough. If they're not taking notes, most people don't. And going all the way back to something, a lot of people I think don't want to take you all the way back to a certain mm-hmm. point, like. Yeah, so when you explained this, I was a little lost. And it's like, I explained this 10 minutes ago. Why didn't you ask a question? You know, yeah. it could... Because you didn't breathe and, and ask me. Yeah, okay. so... Yeah, that's been probably that's, a very effective thing that I've implemented. That's a good point. Trial closes. I, I like that you do that and that you brought that up. That's a really good so. good point. Because at work, I ask just because I, I show and teach a lot of things to people. Like I'm retraining them how to breathe and move or I'm rehabbing. And they need to understand why they're doing it. And I've had a time before where I I had a patient. She goes, well, like, I don't really feel anything. Like, I don't feel it. It's like, what do you mean you don't feel it? Like, you understand, like, this is what we're doing. Like, you feel when you do this. Yeah, but I don't, like, feel it. Like, they wanted to feel work being done more so than understanding the concept Mm -hmm. of what I was trying to teach. And... I've even said like, okay, uh, that's my apology. I, I must not have explained something correctly because if, if you don't understand what you should be feeling or not and why, 
then I didn't do my job as, as best I can. So I always, I explain things in great detail and I tell them like, hey, I'm not, I know I'm throwing a lot at you. Does all that kind of make sense? You know, do, do you understand this? Like, so, but I do a lot of any questions on anything and mm-hmm. I'll get people that they will ask and most people are like, no, I'm, I think I'm pretty good. I was like, you can always stop me, like interrupt me as I'm going along. I know sometimes there's, I throw a lot of information at you, so feel free to stop me or be like, give me a fast forward. Mm-hmm. If you, if you get it, then be like, all right, we're good. <laughs> um, so I like that you do that. Trial close. That's big. So, yeah. Cause yeah, people want to make sure that they, they get it all. Mm-hmm. They know what you're saying and they know what they're going to buy. Mm-hmm. Especially when it's financial decision. Mm-hmm. That's good. Go Commitment you. and consistency principle. Go you, Tim. That's right. Commitment. You're committed and consistent. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's right. You got anything else this episode? I am all good, brother. I, uh, too. that was a good one. Um, we covered a lot. Good current events. Interesting current events this mm-hmm. week. Talked about largest airplane. Uh, talked about the FedEx robots. Yeah, the same day bot. Google with their underwater cable. That's going to be the goat. It's crazy. Venmo and PayPal success. Colin, yeah. you talked about. We had the real life situation. Don't do crunches. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then book talk. Yeah, Trabber Mentors with Liv Bory. Uh, go Tim Ferris, And then uh, talk about When God Writes Your Love Story and Psychology of Persuasion. Uh, so good good stuff. Mm-hmm. This, is, uh, this is pretty loaded. I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I'm good, man. Want to wrap this this bad boy up? Yes, sir. Listeners, write down something you want to do this week. Stay consistent with it. That's the takeaway I have. Okay. So, and uh, everyone, if if you guys like the show, you're finding value in it. We hope you are. Uh, head over to iTunes. Leave us a five star rating and review. After you do so, please DM us on Instagram that you did uh, your name because sometimes just off the whatever your Apple ID might be. We don't know who's who. Let us know uh, that you did that, and we will send you a free laptop sticker. Uh, No cost to you at all. We're also on Spotify and SoundCloud. So as always, thank you again for listening, and take Tim's advice. Write some things down this week.